Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig out your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Shiki and Rhymed My Spellican. One of these things is really not like the other there. Did you run out of ideas? What about Minami Moto? So Zeta Slow! He does not appear in this game. Damn. Mm, anyway, I'm well, Matt. I'm Jared. <laughs> yeah, um, like... Yeah, I kind of did run out of things because the game doesn't fully represent all the world that ends with you characters. But we are going back to Traverse Town today. It's glowing. We got to go back there. Why is it glowing? <laughs> Sometimes Traverse Town glows. Don't question it. We we learned some weird things about Traverse Town, so it glowing is the least the strange. Yeah, I think every time Traverse Town is in a Kingdom Hearts game, it just kind of is like halfway through the game. Uh, half the worlds are done. You're like, and we got to go back there. Why? Because Traverse Town is glowing. We've had to find a keyhole by messing around in the uh, the workshop or wherever it was in the first. Mm-hmm. Let's sw- start with Sora side. Sora shows up in the fifth district where he seems a bit confused, but then Joshua shows up and has been waiting for him. It's just, Joshua's just way up. You wrote it as the high ground. Is he like on a ledge or a lamppost? I think he is sitting on like a building <laughs> or, or like on like a high wall or so like whatever it is. He's just like sitting way high up, way above Sora, looking down on him. Right. And, and like Sora gets a wonder has a wonderful line here where he goes, you do know you can wait on the ground. Right. And I'm just like going to have a little sidebar here. I have in my notes. Wow. I want that sound bite for the trail seasons. I mean, he has <laughs> wings. Why wouldn't he just use them to be into in high places? <laughs> it's not, it doesn't seem like he has anything else to do except mess with Neku and the others. He's not really doing that either. So Sora is kind of getting frustrated at Joshua being cryptic all the time. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of amazing that Sora's getting annoyed. Yeah, like, for whatever reason, though, Joshua says that Sora's starting to turn more into Neku every day. And I've just got to say, is he now Joshua? Is he turning into a loner that has to learn to let in friends? No, Joshua. Sora is the platonic ideal good boy, the perfected form for which all good boys emanate from. Joshua's pretty bad at this whole God thing is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he seems to be pretty good at annoying Sora. And I yeah. think that's the whole goal here, even if he's yeah, he, he questions like, how serious he's being. Yeah, like, I mean, my whole thought process with Joshua this whole time is you have not been paying attention and you need to start paying attention right now if you're going to be hanging out in Kingdom Hearts land, Joshua. He's like, well, I just choose to hang out as little as I want. Yeah, it's kind of weird that we're even back here. <laughs> how that True. bot just sort of stopped, but there wasn't anything to go for that. Yeah, like it, we're just sort of like almost picking up where we left off as though nothing has happened between now and then. But we're also acting like a lot of time has passed. There's no real reason that this had to wait until after we did more worlds, honestly. Except explicitly, something has happened. We find out when we found disposition of Neku and others. Some things have changed for uh, Neku and Beat and Rhyme and Shiki and all that, but they didn't have any time to add in scenes showing that happening, I guess. Not even a flashback. Weird. It's just so their existence in this is so vague. I just yeah. swear Nomura was just trying to get people's attention for a series he liked. Oh, yeah. Like Joshua, let's sip that Riku is here as well by mentioning you two. But he does make it clear that they're a world apart. It explains that Neku and the crew found their game partners. Like that's basically all we're given. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, like, anyways, no one's safe. <laughs> the existence of all these world endless you characters is on the line and that the Reapers are dead set on erasing them for good. And I'm imagining Nomura saying, this is how I try to subtly say I want to make a World Ends With You sequel. I am so good at subtlety. I know writers who <laughs> use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do think in some ways Kingdom Hearts is kind of like the 
polar opposite of Dark Place in many ways. <laughs> I have not seen Dark Place, so I don't quite get what you mean. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good when you have a series that literally exists of everyone's playing a character, play a character. I mean, a lot like when I we, when I watched uh, Goes Wrong Show, which I watched show you season two. The idea is like there's consistent actor characters as well as the in-story characters. Hmm. I should watch Dark Place. That sounds my kind of thing. It's very much in the incredible stylistic suck. Like in the first episode, he only goes in to be a friend. like, oh, hi. And then he just explodes. (laughs) Just nice. It's a show about a horror drama auteur. But it's it's kind of like trying to be its own thing as well. It's weird. Well, Legend in his own mind, a terrible writer, he basically his show is canceled. He decided because it was too he said it was because it was too daring. But now they need to fill in space. So they're making a DVD. And so they he just rang up some of the people he knew there. They're making their special features and commentary. So that's mm-hmm. that's the fold uh, built of it. That's where you get things like him commenting on subtlety or subtext. Cool. Uh, I don't have any segue, so I'm just going to go back into uh, what we were talking about before. <laughs> Uh, Sora, not picking up on context clues, asks what Reapers are, and Joshua just explains the Reapers game in a half-assed way. Well, first they have this book where they can write your name on and kill you. It's like, no, wrong Reapers. No, wrong Reapers. Wrong Reapers. <laughs> that's, no, that's just what Lisa Simpson was doing. <laughs> I don't even understand the Reapers game. Most I've had connected to World on Studios about three episodes of the anime. So the basic idea of the Reapers game is uh, all the players of the game have seven days to... Uh, survive basically and they have to solve problems every day and if they manage to be one of the teams that does that they get to go on to the next day and uh, if they fuck up or if a reaper decides that they want to kill someone their existence gets erased and they lose so just at random they can just say fuck it you lose basically I guess I'm not shocked yeah it's a decidedly unfair game because it is a decidedly unfair scenario that all the players in the reapers game are in uh, in any case, for whatever reason, the Reapers game is happening in Traverse Town right now. And the Why? the objective of the day is there's a Dream Eater that can replicate a hundredfold. Fortunately, we have some Keyblade wielders that are able to help. I think Sora even argues that they can help outside the game. I think he argues. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they're, since they're not a part of the game, they can just sort of like influence it without like having to run afoul of Reapers or anything like that. Though I don't actually think there are Reapers on display in Traverse Town here, so... No, we never actually see any Reapers. Are Reapers humanoid? Yes. Then no, we don't see any characters except the five we've discussed. So, actually, I think you'll probably enjoy this. Uh, Reapers are basically usually depicted as guys in uh, hoodies, actual hoodies, with, like, a black wing. Uh, Sometimes the hoodies will be red. But like they're just like the hoodie will be over their eyes. But like they're basically just guys with a weird wing. <laughs> huh. Uh, look though, at that. Oh, I see. So they got they it, honestly, that's a very heartless look that wing mm-hmm. with its with its skeletal and spiky oh. like uh, iron wrought fence look. That's very much heartless style. And the monsters that you fight in the world ends with you noise also kind of like uh have a bit of a heartless quality to them, even though they kind of also are like normal animals, but with a bit of a weird look to them. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, Nomura has styles. All I'm saying is I would not be surprised if there actually was a shared universe between The World Ends With You and Kingdom Hearts. I mean, <laughs> We're not my understanding yet. of is the We're further we get, get. <laughs> We're not there yet. All right. <laughs> All right. But yes. 
Sora says that Joshua is as lucky as Sora to have friends. And Joshua just sort of like responds with one of the best lines in Kingdom Hearts Stream Drop Distance. Any of you want to take this one? Uh, t- <laughs> oh, no. Just like say it is sort of like I a. Pre- I remember how he goes. It, I appreciate you saying that with conviction, even though you have no idea what you're talking about. I can't be quite as high pitched as Joshua, but he yeah. really said he really speaks in that almost dull surprise voice. But it seems. Yeah, different. like it's. I see it show up on the timeline uh, uh, frequently uh, or I saw it. Twitter's dead now. It's just like as a one of the lines that people just love uh, posting for Kingdom Hearts in a nutshell. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yep. That does seem the same phrase as I, I understand if I can't explain it. It does, though. Um, it's the whole emotion over logic domineering force in the style of myth where you have characters that are just able to say with conviction, I'm going to do the thing. And then they do the thing, even though logic says they shouldn't be able to do the thing. Of course. And Joshua, I, I won't say he 100 understands, but he clearly knows this is something I just got out of the way of and it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And honestly, trying to spend extra time explaining to Sora where, where he's wrong is just not it's just wasted effort for yeah. a few reasons. Like, I think he's already at least figured out that he can't try and tell Sora to stop being Sora. So he's not going to try. <laughs> and honestly, it's not like it, it, it makes things like it improves odds of anything to try to re- recalibrate Sora's understanding. He still does what he needs to. Mm-hmm. We end up to going to help Neku and Shiki because they're the ones we can reach. They're down in the Fountain Plaza uh, and they're being worn down by all the Dream Eater fighting. And specifically... The dream eater that they're fighting is a weird bird shooting lightning called Spelican. <laughs> it's like their attempt to try to show a pelican face. Just give it this. Give it kind of a big chin. Like it's got a it's got a big spiral chin waddle hanging down. And also it you can't see it as easily here, but it has it's it's got wings which have piano keys under them. <laughs> That's is great. that our 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 like threatening dream eater? It kind of like. I, I don't know. It's kind of silly that it's like, oh, this is the the replicating dream eater that we need all this help fighting. It just keeps summoning them. Yeah, it keeps summoning other dream eaters. Like, so while the world ends with you characters are the ones that introduced us to dream eaters before. Now that they have found their actual partners, they don't need dream eaters anymore. But do we even see them fight in the non dream eater style here? Uh, I don't think so. I don't see I don't think we see them using the actual mechanic of fighting in World Ends With You, which was psychs, which are these little pins that do psychic powers. Isn't it when it, I feel like I don't know if that's something that could be shown out of the abstract easy. Like, isn't it pretty sure. clearly a game abstract in the original game? I don't remember what the anime does. I think the anime actually just has it as they're holding on to a pin and then uh, psychic power happens. So <laughs> it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, it was it was a very stylized series, I recall. The art was quite over the top. Mm-hmm. So Sora saves Shiki and Neku. Neku says he doesn't need help. Are you sure Sora is becoming more like Neku, Joshua? Are you absolutely sure? <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, it was more just to get under Sora's skin than anything else. Possibly, but honestly, all Joshua is saying is, huh? You're annoyed with me, too, just like Neku. So I wonder what their problem is with me. Must be something they share in common. I'm definitely exactly. not the element. Exactly. I'm, not the, I'm not the coinciding elements. <laughs> Am I out of touch? No, it's the good boy that is wrong. <laughs> Am I out of touch? No, it's the good boy who acts the same. <laughs> Honestly, the entire thing, Joshua might just be taking the piss to amuse himself. Possibly, but he's definitely not evil. But he definitely likes to amuse himself. 
that being said, it's not like Sora is actually like obliging him for his behavior. So, well, I think that's why he just keeps giving up. He's like, ah, forget it. Yep. Yeah. Sora isn't playing along because Sora just is too much of a good boy to care. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of good boying, Sora, the good boy is Neku into letting him help. And we have another Dream Eater fight, which is a fight. It, we're you'll notice that we're not talking a lot about the Dream Eater fights in general, unlike the Unverse fights, just because. They're here and well, we're not talking about the Dream Eaters yeah. themselves yet. <laughs> I mean, Dream Eaters, it's pretty redundant to talk about any non-boss ones because John's going to go obsessively through them all at the end anyways. Yep. And uh, the bosses, we do talk about a little. Yeah. After the fight, the bird ports away and Sora gets to meet Shiki more formally. Sora earnestly good boys about Neku looking for Shiki and Neku tries to hide from his cringe. And <laughs> I really need to hype on this. Are you sure, Joshua? Are you positive? <laughs> well, Josh is like, great. Now Sora's doing what I need. He's annoying Deku. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's like him going. He's like, you said you need her. He's like, God fucking damn it, Sora. Stop ruining my mystique. It's kind of interesting to talk about the parallel between this whole thing and the world ends with you. So I'm kind of wondering if Nomura actually designed Dream Drop Distance around this parallel to the world ends with you, or if it's just a thing that he kind of stuck in when he noticed the similarity. Because in the world ends with you, part of the whole idea of the original game is that it's on the DS. And in order to actually beat these monsters, Neku and Shiki need to beat the monster up at the same time in their own worlds and they're isolated from each other. And if you don't do that, they won't they won't actually get defeated. Yeah, I think it's specifically being used for the story uh, because of that allusion to the world ends with you. Um, like the themes of the world ends with you uh, make the mechanic work very well. Like the act, the title literally refers to the idea of your entire world ends with how as far as you could reach and everyone else has their own world too. And learning to let other people into your world and being able to get into their world is how you grow as a person. Mm. So Mm. putting that at the middle here where Sora and Riku fight a Pelican kind of works. Maybe. I don't know. Why not? You tell me. (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) Joshua, he just, he just can't stop messing with people. He's just on shit completely here. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) But yeah, I do think you you have a point about like, at the very least, I think the parallel is intended for this world specifically. And maybe like the idea of Dream Drop Distance as a whole sort of spawned from what Nomura was doing on the DS and the 3DS at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It's like I said, Neku. So as they leave on the plan, Neku has Joshua. They're going to make it home. Neku says to Joshua, you're my friend. You're going to make it home, too. And Joshua responds. Maybe it's you who's turning into Sora. There we there. go, dipshit. Now you figured it out. Yes. <laughs> what I said, he's he just definitely takes joy in poking people. Yeah. Yes. So so he's clearly you you wonder what he considers the actual thing. It's like they're both they're both a nice spectrum of good boy anyways. But I like to keep annoying them. We make it to the third district where the bird has been trapped. Riku's pulled through on his side, we assume. We'll probably check in with him later. I think I think it was like flying out of a portal or something. Yeah, yeah. And as he arrives, Bellicum pulls out another ape NFT that he probably right click copied for Crypto Hoodie. But as we find him, we find out that he's right click copied all the NFTs we fought so far because it's a boss rush. Maybe he's an NFT that stole all the crypt- NFTs in Crypto Hoodie's wallet. I actually don't know how that works. 
Uh, okay, so the way it works is an NFT is not actually like a JPEG or anything like that. An NFT is any kind of code you can put on a website that is a, uh, uh, put into a link in a blockchain. Well, actually, it's not really any code. What what it actually is, is that's a bit of information that they've made that somebody can, quote unquote, own. But that all that well, no, well, bit of information well, is, why'd I ask? All is that there, bit of information is, is essentially a link to a website. Yep. And well, here's the thing. A website is effectively just here is a bunch of code. Translate that code into something that appears relevant to people. But that also means that essentially a link is code. And so if you you could say write a code that uh, goes into your wallet, steals all your uh, Bitcoin and leaves you with nothing. Uh, yeah, that's totally feasible as an NFT. That's why NFTs are a problem, people. That's why anyway. that's why crypto is a problem, people. Let that be a lesson for you, kids. Don't do NFTs or a spellkin might steal all your fake money. <laughs> I definitely regret asking that. Good. I regret learning about this. Yep. So we fight. Hako Monkey, Wargoyle, and Char Clobster. Yep. Can I say yep. I love that in the notes you actually typed as Hako Money? It's like <laughs> it's like it's his street nickname. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we just get a, a boss rush in this cruddy arena. Oh, yeah. This arena is terrible for fighting these bosses because it was designed for PS2 monsters, maybe guard armor, but definitely not these three things that are designed to be fought in much bigger arenas. They're big, fast moving. They just take up a lot of space and have a, and they eat up a lot of ground. So it's really just kind of very weird. It also doesn't help that Sora's War Girl fight is a garbage fight designed by morons, but. <laughs> wow. Oh, I have. Again, this is a game where I'm like, I did it on critical mode because I felt like I had to for this podcast, but don't play it on critical mode. <laughs> hmm. I'm pretty sure I did this one without too much trouble, mostly because you can cheese most anything on normal mode if you do it just right. Yeah. Yeah. I had to engage with the systems and do some spirit leveling to actually win here with a better selection for spirits and skills. It was one of the harder fights in the game for me. Like, I, it wasn't one that I could just, like, skill through. I did have to do a bit of grinding, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. After the fight, the Spellican fucks off through the keyhole. Asshole. <laughs> just poofs out, huh? Yep, yep. we still don't get him, so he's still waiting around somewhere. So we're probably going to have to come back here sometime, maybe. No, not, he, he, he well, decides he's done. Yeah, he's done with the Traverse Town, but he, we're not done with him. So Sora stares up at the skies as the world ends with you character shows up. Sora's like, fine, I'll go after that guy. I'm not a player. I can bend the rules. Because <laughs> all Shiki's are going, well, we failed the mission. Josh's like, hmm. And... I get another great we get another great line from Joshua here. I guess the rules don't apply if your heart are connected, right, Sora? That's how you roll. Yes, actually, you figured it out, Joshua. <laughs> that is, in fact, how Kingdom Hearts works. Yes. I'm never I'm never quite sure because I don't know enough context how much Joshua knows, how much he just likes to pretend to know to piss people off. In terms of actual God versus Demiurge, I would say Joshua is closer to actual God in the context of the world ends with you. So he's a type that just likes to uh, he does know things, but also likes to mess with you. Yes, that's basically it. Hmm. I see. I mean, Sora, everything he says just bounces off Sora's head. And that's kind of fantastic. He's like, oh, yeah, I could say anything to this kid. It may, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, he basically just kind of realized that Sora is not going to understand anything I really say. So I can just basically say anything to him and watch the mm -hmm. watch the smoke come out of his ears. Yep. <laughs> 
Sora awakens the sleeping keyhole as Neku continues his transformation into a good boy. <laughs> and that causes Shiki to comment on how Neku has changed by becoming less dorky. <laughs> the banter is pretty delightful here, I must say. Yeah, it's pretty simple. And Sora doesn't really seem to engage with it. Like He doesn't really register much of it, but it's still I mean, cute for the world ends with you characters regardless. Yeah, and I mean, the banter between the world ends with you characters is one of the reasons why the world ends with you is a wonderful game. Give it a try sometime, people. I just remember I played it my first early at DS and just I bounced right off it. Something about it just didn't work well. The combat system is weird. I will give you that. A lot of games I bounce off of and, and same with other things like I watch or read. If it doesn't hook me early, it's hard for me to get back into it for a second step. And then we finally get a bit of Kingdom Hearts 4 tease with Shiki says, once you find your friend Sora, you should come hang out in our town. And Neku continues with a definitely see you in Shibuya. So... I hope they show up in Kingdom Hearts 4, considering where it looks like we're starting. <laughs> I like that Joshua that asked if like, do you want me to pass anything? He was like, no, nah, I'll see him soon. And Josh's like, I can't even tell if he understands or not. He's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. have no idea if this kid gets it. Whatever. He definitely doesn't get it. Got the knockout punch keyblade. It is literally a little punchy glove on a key. Just All right, then. Ready for a knockout. Whoa. <laughs> what? Uh, a bit of opera singing that I actually mostly know from Star Trek. A bit of opera right, singing then. that you actually know from Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Right, then. Star Trek is weird. I'm happy with that fact. OK, I be, I need to know the context for this, actually. <laughs> OK, well, basically, the start of Star Trek Insurrection, day has gone crazy and he's like running around the shuttlecraft shooting things. They're trying to stop and it's like they get in the response. It's like, we know he likes to sing. So Ricardo actually starts singing over the intercom and Dana responds to it. I regret I asked. <laughs> Insurrection's not a good movie. Uh, let's drop over to Riku's side. Boop. I can't get yep. the sound. Yeah, I'm going to just insert the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Riku just lands the first ditch strike, and Joshua decides to show up like a civilized person, just lands next to him. Yep, just shows up on the ground. He doesn't take the high ground or anything. Riku asked when Sora got here and Joshua just drags Sora for being slow on the uptake. <laughs> I think it's funny that Joshua just pegs Riku as, hey, you want to tease Sora? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's actually pretty great overall. Mm -hmm. It's like he literally just is like, uh, I was hoping one of you could help. Like, oh, when does Sora get here? Well, why can't he be this quick on the uptake? Bravo, Riku. <laughs> they're like, yeah, Sora's a widow. They start laughing over. It's like, wow. Yep. Riku and Joshua kind of, I can see why they would get along. Yeah, they have a similar wavelength. It's like, I, I can I can tell you have a bit of the same scent as me. No. And Riku's like, don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good thing Joshua doesn't know that or he, he would wreck Riku here mentally. <laughs> <laughs> So Joshua ends up sending Riku to find Beat and Rhyme and also drops some necessary plot. Yep. He tells Riku that something seems off about the nature of the worlds they're in. It basically breaks down to that the Reaper's game timers don't line up. Like, it's not merely that the worlds are parallel. There's some tiny wimey nonsense that's causing time to flow differently between them. And he's saying that if they were just parallel worlds, apparently that wouldn't be the case. And it's yeah. nice that Joshua has his doctorate in... Uh, dream time physics because we don't so i'm just gonna have to take his word for it yeah <laughs> like he says that for all their similarities the two worlds are distinct the same world imagined by two people which kind of directly contradicts this earlier statement that he was a dreamer for this world so <laughs> well, he, didn't, he didn't just says like it's that would make it a dream like don't we already know that but yet yeah, i was impressed riku got it 
I guess it's kind of different because Joshua can perceive both of the worlds at the same time. So he yeah. sees, he just sees, oh, these two timers are supposed to be the same, but they're different. How can we see more Joshua talking in the space then? We see it a couple times. Not really. Like, we see him seeing both Sora like, at the ceiling of the first keyhole. We see him seeing both Sora and Riku and keeps changing which ones like see through and which ones there. But we're never seeing like he's having a conversation with air and then you show up. Nothing like that. Nope. I think it's just because he's able to be in two places at once just because of his nature as a god thing. Really? Hey, Josh, you want to actually help us say this? You seem to have some abilities. Nah. I'm too busy just flying around, annoying, annoying, vague memories of my friends. This info probably isn't going to be useful to the the world ends with you characters, but it might be useful for Sora and Riku. So he just tells Riku because Sora, he, he just overload him. Yeah. So Sora wouldn't know what to do with that. Yeah. Sora, like, hell, he's already noticed that Sora just does not respond to anything he says anyway. There's a joke. So why would he respond to anything that's serious? <laughs> and that and. I do think maybe he wonders that Sora may be in it pretty deep. And yeah, this might be somebody that needs discretion. Sora never has that. For all his good qualities, he has little discretion. Yes. Anyway, let's go to the Fountain Plaza to help beat and rhyme. And on this side, we find out that the Spellican is not shielded. Was it shielded before? I think it was shielded on Sora's side. Yeah. I just I just don't know. This is really confusing, especially if you're dropping in and out of the storylines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're doing it all at once here, which I actually mostly was able to do mostly because I abused that drop me knots to make sure I wouldn't have to switch back and forth. Good call. It's not easier. Just it's, I just don't know what they're trying to go for here. Riku runs up to help beat and rhyme. Beat tries to act tough and rhyme just gives him shit for it. <laughs> it's like it's like rhyme was like five seconds ago is where's Riku? <laughs> whenever Riku's on screen everyone should be asking where's Riku and, and Riku just laughs like I know this interaction yep I get it I know what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> and of course Spellican gets uh, Spellican we've we've established that villains don't like cutscenes in general well, well that I was our first so. dream eaters are a little more are a little more mellow dream eaters don't like being ignored is my theory yeah. they seem to get annoyed <laughs> yeah. if you if you don't look at them like back with Quasimodo, when he stops paying attention, he's freaking out. Frollo, his friends get annoyed and try to kill him. So they don't <laughs> okay, like they yeah. don't like they don't like being the center, not being the center of attention. That's my theory. That makes sense. I like that. So Spellican gets pissed off by all the banter because they're intentionally ignoring him, and he flips out. Yep. I think they literally like, show its face twitching, like it's having an eye twitch. But yeah, it's it does. Yeah, it. it's so good. After we fight those dream eaters, we chase the Spellican to the back streets. There's a stampede of a thing called Sarah Terrors back here that we got to fight. Like, we got some Triceratops going. A stampede of Triceratops. This dream's going weird. <laughs> hey, you should always have dinosaurs. Yeah, those are honestly a bit of a pain because they're a bit of sponges. Yeah, they're, they're tanks. They're nasty tanks that charge. And like this particular one, I don't think is like specifically like you have to fight all these Sarah Terrors. You have to just get through the stampede. But after afterwards, Joshua shows up to send us to the third district and we start our mission to pin down the Spelican. Which I don't quite clear. What do we do? Well, in the third district, Riku just confronts the Spelican and that causes us to fuck off to Sora's word. I mean, I think I think that Riku, like he he spark he flow motions way onto it, like just sort of all but drop kicks and then runs through the portal because it's going to be run by three people. Yep. Yep. My guess is that it is that they're trying to get him into a place where there's no outlet. They keep mm-hmm. saying pinning them between worlds. It's like pushing him into a portal in the same spot. 
they thought he would be stuck there. It, it, he ends up running away from Sora's world. We don't fight Spelkin's boss rush here because because it's clear he goes to Sora after this. Yeah. Um, and so that also means that Riku doesn't get a boss fight here. Lucky him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Sora's got this. Yeah. So the world ends with you characters show up and Joshua just this is beat and uses his full name to piss him off. His full name is incredible. It's Daisuke Nojo Bito. Yep. Isn't Daisuke usually a name on its own? Yes. I think Daisuke Nojo would be his his first name, right? Mm, I assume so, mostly because usually... Well, I'm looking up. Yeah, it is, because you look at it, it's yeah. Japanese, Bito Daisuke Nojo. <laughs> yeah, I would okay. say that it's it's a funny-sounding name. Oh, he goes by, by Beat, and of course he doesn't want his real name to be known by his friends. Funny thing, I look it up and the etymology says because Nojo's are very archaic uh, ending there. So he just has this weird mix of a sparkly name and an old name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 very it it, it sounds weird. Yeah, I would go by beat, too, if that was my name. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the equivalent of, you know, a, a, you know, an American kid having a funny middle name or something like that. I think I think at this point it would be like it would be like a uh, girl's like having a like a, a grandmother name now. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I hesitate saying any name because anyone's going to have a name, but there are names that sound old these days. My first college roommates, middle names. So he had a first name, two middle names, a last name, and he was the third. Oh, <laughs> so that's kind of like the same mood I've got here. Another one I have is. Over on one of college humans video, a guy named Zach's like, he's letting out motion of walls. Like, Zach is a young person's name. I'm going to keep getting older. Someday I'm going to be an old man named Zach, and that's just not going to sound right. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's like the reverse of that. So, yeah, Riku decides he doesn't need to worry about any of these antics. The sl- funny thing is, he says that's a weird name. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. that's nice. <laughs> I mean, that's nice. Your friend's names, your friend's names mean sky and sea, I believe. Yes. (laughs) And does his own name mean earth? Pretty much. As I recall, I forget exactly how it works out like that. I think the word Riku literally is like it means earth or land. Not sure. It just makes it so much clearer how he is really Tara's counterpart of this group. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Poor Kairi Sakazakwa. So I guess maybe it's lucky she doesn't get to do much after all. Oh, no. (laughs) I just oh, finished playing point two at this point. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> being, being Aqua is suffering. <laughs> this is the worst day of my life. Worst day so far. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so Ugh. anyway, Joshua decides to drop one more truth bomb on Riku before we close out here. If this really is a dream, it's going to lie to you to make it think it's real. <laughs> Ooky. Inception-y. That's kind of like less uh, helping out with the actual story that's going on right now and more just kind of like, hey, dreams are fucking weird, yo. Yes. <laughs> and beat just like uh, 404 file not found. Yep. Yep. Joshua just disses him again. Everyone laughs. <laughs> I think he literally just goes like, I actually like this here. It's like, I don't get it. You and Sora would break your heads on this one. <laughs> he goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's literally just that's that's the end moment of Riku seeing the key played. It's just then, saying, yeah, you're you're at Sora's level. It's mm-hmm. just the don't think about it, you'll get a headache. We can't make that reference yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and also Riku also gets the knockout punch keyblade. He and Sora have a rock'em sock'em robot fight when they're over. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now that we're here, we go to Disney Castle in order to have the most important revelation in the entire plot uh, that isn't given by Jensen. And the only plot scene that isn't basically in his room. Yeah. In fact, I would say this is the most important scene in all of Dream Drop Distance. Let's take it away. We got it. We got in the library of Disney Castle. So we're using that set. But Melissa and Pete have Minnie held captive with Mickey, Donald and Goofy standing in front of him. And I am again doing the John Tittle voice for Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, you big thug. <laughs> <laughs> thug works for me. We all got to roll the play, right? Gorsh, at least he's honest in a dishonest way. Silence! No underling of mine shall be insulted so. I have great plans for dear Pete and for all the worlds, once I have taken them for my own. Then I've got bad news for you. That day's never gonna come. Perhaps you should take a few moments to reconsider, or does the Queen's life mean nothing to you at all? Mickey, don't you listen to her. You can't let Maleficent have her. And Pete covers her mouth. <laughs> no, Minnie! All right, Maleficent, tell us what you want. Let me see. Shall I begin with this world? I much preferred it in its darker, more ominous permutation. You said it. This place needs some lights out time. You're lying, Maleficent. Not even you would go through this much trouble just for that. What is it you're really after? <sighs> Very perceptive. I presume you are familiar with Xehanort, the man who led me to discover worlds outside my own? You know him? As do you, I see. Yes, he shared everything with me, how to go about winning a heart over to the darkness, and, most gloriously, about the seven hearts of pure light, the ones that would grant me the power I need to conquer all worlds. However, the worlds were too complex, too much for even me to contain. It seemed I had miscalculated. Then it came to me, of course, I could go about conquering other worlds in my own manner. You do have the data for all the worlds, do you not? <laughs> and now you will hand it over to me. Uh, guys, I think Coded is relevant. And if that's true, Maleficent is the most evil villain in all of Kingdom Hearts. I think we might need to actually go back and listen to that episode. We had the data us as no, no, I, mean, I can't I, do that. I mean, I definitely put down a note here. You definitely don't need to do that anytime. So I disagree. <laughs> but but no, like coded is relevant. That has to be the case. If data mat matters, then coded is relevant. <laughs> the, I'm just not as bad to think of data singing opera. Of course, Maleficent is just like, OK, she learned something in the previous game. So now she's like all about it. She's she's like kind of like she doesn't really understand the data thing that well, but she knows it's important. She's a trend follower. Not only that, though, like I would say she's like already being like, OK, I know what Zayn Orr's doing. I'm going to let him do his plan. I'm planning the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, and not to mention, she's a good employer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't dear Pete. She's nicer to him than anyone else. So. Oh, yeah. They get along great. Well, there's still a bit more to see. We're well, yeah, let's keep going. No. Uh-oh. What do you mean? Don't you bozos pretend you don't remember. Me and Maleficent was trapped inside it. Now cough it up. Why do you want the data? 
I'm afraid that is of no concern of yours. Ah, ah, ah. Wouldn't want her royal mini mousiness to get a poo-poo now, would we? I see you have failed to recognize the futility of your situation. Very well. Face your doom! As she sends a ball of fire at Mickey, two wheels fly out of a black portal. One pierces the ground, knocking the attack away. Another one flies in front of Pete, causing him to lose grip on Minnie. She immediately counters with a, with a spell. Light! The light, but the pillar of light shines Minnie, knocking Pete to the ground. Yep. Oh, Mickey! Minnie! Maleficent, you lose! Say, the lady... I think the pip squeaks right. We better hit the road. I know now that what I seek lies within these walls. Trust that I will eliminate you in good time. Hey, wait for me, Maleficent. Wait! <laughs> As the corridor closes behind him, Mickey looks over to the hooded figure walking out of the shadows behind him. You used the darkness to get here. That was reckless. But gosh, I didn't expect you to save us, Axel. Axel didn't. My name is Lee. Got it memorized? Stop trying to make that a thing, man. <laughs> but it is a thing. By the way, first thought I have this time around, the second they're at a disadvantage, they run the fuck away from Mickey Mouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Beliveson will not even consider facing him without an advantage. And that kind of is leading to saying that Mickey Mouse is the badass of this world. Oh, he is. Like, there's a reason why we can't have Mickey on screen all the time. It's because Mickey would probably solve most of the problems by himself. Well, he can fight better, but he's he I guess he's not pure boy enough. No, <laughs> I'm too corporate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't call my, I can't call myself pure because I have to, I've, been, I've been working with Congress to keep myself out of the public domain. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey. <laughs> Mickey is too corrupted by the overall power of Disney to be enough of a good boy to be the protagonist. That is why Mickey cannot be the hero. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we were laughing that when Mickey does show up, he, you know, he goes all prequel film Yoda on, yep. on yeah, everybody. Yeah. I always thought that was the wrong move. I thought you really should have Yoda would be, he's so strong to force he doesn't have to move. It would be more of the mental power. I think the lightsaber thing was a bit silly. Yes. I mean, it's silly in a way that's kind of fun. But I just don't think it fits the character. I kind of disagree, but only because, like, I think the idea of Yoda still being that cool of a sword fighter is kind of awesome. Just Well, let me let me refine it a little bit. The real problem I have is I think Yoda should always have been as goofy as he is in Empire Strikes Back and Last Jedi. I think he should be that that kind of goofy, slightly annoying master who's who is wise, but kind of frustrate, like a frustrating troll. I thought like him being serious prequel Yoda is disappointing. Sorry, go ahead. From what I understand, though, like uh, it, recent revelations are that Yoda is the only person of his race that talks like that. And he basically just picks it up as an affix to piss people off. I mean, <laughs> the only other one that's appeared on screen doesn't talk. I'm just saying what, what I was seeing online from recent revelations from Andor, I think it was. I'm not sure. OK, I actually haven't been watching Andor. I've heard good things, but I haven't really gotten around to it. I also never watched Obi-Wan. I have no idea. I haven't been paying attention to any of this Star Wars stuff. I just saw that people talking about that online and I was just like, I hmm. I will say I've seen the rhetoric turn around to this one's really impressive. Yeah, Andor after, apparently is very good. After, I might have to after Book of Boba Fett fizzle, then people just didn't weren't impressed by Obi-Wan at all. 
Mm. Suddenly it's been the turnaround here. Cool. So one more thing to point out, though. The scene gives us the chronicles for Recoded just to drive home that it's relevant. (laughs) Yep. Yep. She really is the worst monster in the entire setting. Yes. And and we will be remembered. Yes. (laughs) Well, I have to shout it in all your faces. Obviously, Maleficent wants something with with the data. I assume that she's thinking that if she can manipulate the data, it will either somehow affect real life or give her some kind of insect or insect. Some it will give her some kind of insight about how how to do things that she wants in the real the world. The fourth giant grasshopper. Yes. Give me that line again because I just want to put that entire thing in anecdotes to keep. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's strong enough. Also, I, I actually have a different theory. I think she thinks she could seize control of the blockchain with enough data. Yeah. <laughs> Steal oh, no. crypto and these things up from under them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but listen, I mean, what are you talking about insects for? We don't need those bugs. So I, I, know, other- I know I'm mocking you, Matt, but it's too funny. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. They got bugs in them. <laughs> it's Riku. They put bugs in them. Oh, Melissa, that's why you had me do that. <laughs> so we could seize the insects. <laughs> I had him. I simply misspoke. Well, that's what's fun about it. After this whole mess happens, Two more worlds have opened up, and I think they're the last two major worlds in this game, which are the Country of the Musketeers and the Symphony of Sorcery. So, uh, oddly enough, we get to finish up on a bunch of Mickey Mouse focus. Yeah, this really opens up all kinds of questions about how sleepy worlds work, because at this point, the rules just start getting really confused, and the timeline gets even weirder. Oh, yeah, the Kingdom Hearts timeline is just going to go... Like, we're going to have to try and piece something together here because things get weird. Next week, we're going to Country of Musketeers. <laughs> and just because we want, why not go to one of the strangest cartoons Disney's made in decades? Oh, yeah. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. Oh boy, we it's been a fun week, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> like, well, I spent half of it trapped. So, okay, yeah, this is the first week that our that we're recording after our Discord server has gone public. So, shout yeah. out to the Gunpla server. I admit, I well, are they going to hear this part? <laughs> oh, I'm going to be putting a lot of this into the anecdotes to keep, just because right. I want to. <laughs> I want to keep it. Is this going to be an unedited thing that I'm just going to put at the end of an episode? Be like, hey, this was fun. I um, certainly like them. I like their enthusiasm, though. I admit, I'm kind of just skimming it because I only have a light connection. But hey, happy I mean, having there, having fun. <laughs>
uh, Duke bullied me into getting a thousand sunny. By the time you hear this, I'll definitely have built it and probably gotten a few more gunplay kits. But which, which thousand sunny is it? I, I have one though. I think uh, I can't remember. It might have been destroyed. It's, move. it's one that comes with nine minifigs. That's all I know about it. Oh, so it's a Lego. I saw that Lego. No, 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 no. It's a, it's not a Lego one. It is a uh, gunpla one. Well, uh, it, it's, it's a, similar it's, to that. Yeah, yeah. But it also has a. Oh, is that the hundred dollar one though? That might go to Amazon. Uh, I have no idea. I, it wasn't that much when I got it off of NewType.us. Oh. Hmm. It was only $50 off NewType.us, and it, I also ended up buying some Man. Godhand uh, snippers. Some but uh, Godhand snippers. Apparently that's what you want. Yeah, they're not that expensive. You don't want like the super expensive ones, but get the like the $11 ones. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I've been using like a uh, a triple plier cut, and those, like they're pretty similar to the Godhands. But mine, uh-huh. the the spring broke out the other day, so that was annoying. Uh oh, that's a problem. This, but uh, I, I like so. the price goes everywhere from fifteen to sixty on these. What the hell? They're different models. The sixty dollars ones are the best ones, but you don't need those. Yeah. So my birthday was yesterday, uh, <laughs> and yep. I I got a Bowser Lego model kit from my folks, which is literally the coolest thing I've ever like put together of anything ever. And also for my birthday, Matt and I went on a pub crawl in uh, Georgetown, Seattle, which is like uh, south of South Downtown is the best way I have of putting it. There's a lot of really cool reclaimed factories that have a lot of restaurant and brewery type spaces. And while we were down there, we also found the uh, people that publish the uh, recent big compilation special edition of The Life of Times of Scrooge McDuck. So I bought that for myself as a birthday present. They also Excellent. print the Donald Duck, uh, the Carl Barks Donald Duck omnibus editions too. Oof. And they had, and they, those they are had, big. They had oh, yeah. a bunch of uh, like year by year Peanuts compilations. Which were done in like little which... like soft cover, fo- soft cover size hardbacks. They were interesting. And yeah. I will say that can be very interesting because it's interesting to see how Schultz's style and kind of his view of things change. Like he never yeah, went yeah. like he never went like nuts or anything, certainly, but you can kind of tell like things got a little bit like he became a little bit less able to do the biting darkness. He kind of went right. for the lighter elements. He, and so he made, and again, a lot yeah, of it's he, fine, but it's it's mm-hmm. definitely different. It, and we were talking with the uh store guy and he was basically talking about how uh it's very Working difficult Dis- to work with Disney, but it's yeah, worth yeah, it's it. Difficult to work with Disney, but it's worth it because they get to make all these really cool projects. So, yeah. Uh, what was it? Fantagraphics is what it's called? Yeah, Fantagraphics. Yep, they share a space with Georgetown Records, which is a cool little... Used record store. Used record store. Yeah. It was an awesome hmm. little uh, birthday. So, cool. yeah. And also, I introduced Matt to the anime of the season, Bochi the Rock. If you have not watched Bochi the Rock, you are missing out. <laughs> <laughs> I, sp- I spent the weekend uh, snowbound. Oh no. <laughs> and joining me as always are the Shinky. Uh, blah. That's actually always... worth watching that segment, by the way. I, oh, I believe it. Like when you get the Death Note uh, studio to actually uh, make a Simpsons and honestly, episode, that sounds interesting. The rest of the Halloween was pretty good. I'll just say the Babadook and Westworld bits weren't bad at all for, as far as the Halloweens go. <laughs> nice. So it does Didn't imply a does imply at the end of Rick and Morty Westworld. So hmm. meh. Hmm.
Quiet, cat. Meow. And he just goes, mm. No. <laughs> no cat noises. Which even causes Shiki to comment on how Nico uh, that has caused. Well, I'd just say there's a much worse misspeak you could have said there. That would be a completely different world, but. Yes. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I'm, stuck in, I'm stuck in the dryer. <laughs> so. Um... Do not put that part in. So after, 